Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Adam and Eve. Spring is in the air, but is it in your step? Is it in your bed? If you're interested in better sex starting now, go to adamandeve.com. They've got toys, lingerie, accessories, everything you need to level up your pleasure checks. And right now, Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping, which includes rush processing. That's discreet shipping, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Doesn't matter how much you spend or what you buy, all will be packaged and sent discreetly free and fast. So just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Just enter offer code PAWPAW at checkout. That's PAWPAW, P-A-W-P-A-W at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code PAWPAW to get your discount, 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Code P-A-W-P-A-W. Goodbye, sweeties. This is a headgum podcast. Welcome to Dungeon Courts. Don't have to do it, but it feels so good. But it feels so good to do it. Today, we are joined by Jeremy Cobb, writer, director, actor, one third of Three Black Halflings, and the resident DM. Uh, welcome, Whoa. Jeremy. Thank you so much. It is it's such an honor to be able to sit here behind the bench. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna bring you up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, right now, you're actually with. Uh, you're actually in the bailiff's. Um, what do bailiffs sit holding on? Holding pin. You're in the bailiff's dunce's corner. Not a lot of esteem to go around down here. Why is there so much alcohol back here? I don't understand. Uh, but we do have an oath for you to swear you in to get you up on the high chairs up here. Yeah. Uh, because we are baby all in big giant baby yes. high chairs. Yes, which is great because there's a little tray for snacks. Yeah. Yeah, and I can strap myself in. Yeah. Because they're very teetery is the thing. So you're, you are going to want to be strapped in. You are going to get a little bib that catches all the detritus that you don't fit into your mouth. It's just really, yeah. really great to just yeah. feed bag it up mid And you just hand that to me on your on your way out because <laughs> I hose those down in the back alley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that explains all of like the crusty bibs next to the bottles of alcohol. Yep. Jeremy, if you'd like to uh, uh, read uh, the, the oath and swear in and we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you here on the court as one of the judges here i will put one hand on my ch- picture book beginner's bible here. Whoa. <laughs> beginner's bible <laughs> yes what it's called that? the beginner's bible my god it has it has illustrated versions of a bunch of bible stories you can't start a kid off on a pro bible you know that <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta start them with a gentle new testament you, I, know, you you wait till they're like angry teens to introduce old testament I, yeah right. that's interesting oh this this goes full old all, most of this book is Old Testament, That's believe it or wild. not. They have to omit some stuff, right? Or do they just yeah. make it oh, seem definitely. fun? I guarantee they <laughs> do. That's probably what beginner means, is like yeah. none of the sex scenes. There are a lot of dry passages of who fucked who to yeah. result in which. <laughs> right. yeah. An illustrated version of the Song of Solomon, yeah. baby's first erotic literature. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, I will read this. Uh, I, Jeremy Cobb, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the players as well as the DMs against all enemies, foreign and domestic, (laughs) that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, (laughs) that I take this obligation of my own volition, and that I will well and faithfully embark upon this noble pursuit of justice. So help me gods. Wow. Welcome. We heard court, Jeremy, Jeremy Cobb, Cobb, the actor there, because I was yep. feeling a little bit swelled with civic pride. Yeah. <laughs> I did salute. It's like, yeah. the glory, glory, hallelujah. It's like, it's this play underneath. Uh, the bailiff God. is crying. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. You brought the bailiff to tears. Crying into his vodka. Jeremy, I hope as, as resident DM of Three Black Halflings, I do hope mm. that uh, we can bring a little order to this court because th- mm. things have gotten wild I went rogue here. during the holidays, and I have to be honest, I liked it. Last, last episode, uh, there was a DM that was being tattooed during a session, and these maniacs ruled on his side. Listen, we were all a little wasted on bailiff's hognog, 
and things got a little rowdy. Where was the tattoo? Is my question. That's I think on the back. On the, the back. It was. Well, it was that's revealed not clear. mid. Yeah, it was revealed, it was revealed mid. mid session. Could have been that on a hand. All along, they'd been getting a tattoo. It was just not on a Zoom. <laughs> it was not in the Zoom frame, so it wasn't a face or a neck tattoo. That's I think it was like a sound-only Discord chat. <laughs> oh um, yeah, could have oh, just. Oh, yeah. that makes way more sense. Oh, they heard buzzing. Oh, they oh, right. Yeah, no, it they didn't go over well. Yeah, no, certainly yeah. not. It's horrible. It didn't go over well. That's why it was hurting court. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, and of course, we found in favor of the DM. Yeah. So they just they ruled management. In, they ruled in favor of this DM. Uh, That's amazing. Who is a full maniac? <laughs> uh, That's what the tattoo was. Full maniac. Uh, but uh, whoa, that would be an awesome <laughs> like in like the fuel logo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a monster M for no reason. I trust. I trust Jeremy uh, will help bring this court back to law and order. Well, it's no longer the Hogladays. I may be grounded from the intoxication of the Hogladays, um, right. but like I said, mm. I did enjoy making people mad. Okay. <laughs> well, let's find out because hear ye, hear ye. Ooh, crit is now in session. There you go. The goes. honorable Supreme Crit Justices Axford, Murphy, Tanner. And Cobb presiding. Great to have a Cobb on the bench. Wow, very nice. It's very nice to be a Cobb on a bench. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good middle image. (laughs) I just like. I just heard freak on a leash, but it's Cobb on a bench. (laughs) That's that is my new email signature now. (laughs) Should I start scatting like in between each? I'm so sorry. (sighs) Tyler J. writes, Dear Honorable Justices, and give acknowledgement to the bailiff as he sees fit and desirable. (laughs) Fine. A few years ago, the party I was in was trying to escape down a collapsing hallway. My human Oath of Vengeance paladin had Misty Step, a bonus action, and I had 90 feet to go. I wanted to use my movement and a dash action to cover the 60 feet, then use Misty Step to bonus action to teleport the rest of the way. The DM and another member of the party said that's not how Misty Step works and that I couldn't (laughs) use it that way. I took a little bit of damage but ultimately survived, so I moved past it. To this day, I think I should have been able to clear it since it's a teleportation spell using a second level spell slot. Have I misinterpreted the spell? I leave it in your capable hands. I'm honestly already at a loss for why they thought that's not what Misty Step I'm baffled. (laughs) How do they think Misty Step works? I'd like to use cure wounds to cure my friend. That's actually not what that spell is. Sorry, no. Wow. So you can't move and cast a spell on the same turn. <laughs> so this is an open and shut case. This is this person, open it. Next case, Jake. Yeah, we won't hear any arguments on it, but it, we can't go to the next case because someone has to this be punished. This is the first time we've ever all been on the same Did they side. say, like, I'm an, I was a gnome, I was a dwarf? What did but they what say? what would that even do? Because it could change speed. Human Oath of Vengeance power. Okay, thir- so yeah, they They have 30 feet it. of movement. Okay. They dash. They move how, 60 how feet. How big was the gulf, did they say? 90 feet. 90 feet. 90 yeah. feet. One thing that they said that was interesting, there were two people at this table. There were two people at the table that wouldn't allow them to use Misty Step. Another player? A player and a DM. We need to sock this player in the stomach. I I do have one remaining question, which is that if the gulf is 90 feet, how far can you Misty Step? No, it's not a gulf. It was a collapsing hallway. Oh, collapsing hallway. Okay, I gotcha. All right, yeah. I'm looking it up just to see if maybe they, does the uh, Vengeance Paladin not get Misty Step? No, it gets Misty Step. step. One of its spells. They because their entire argument was Mi- Misty Steph doesn't work that way. That's what they <laughs> yes, it does. That's the new copy pasta when people start complaining about <laughs> uh, about rules on. <laughs> say Misty Steph doesn't work that message way. Message boards. Misty <laughs> Steph doesn't work that way. All right, we show disrespect by talking about this for even a second longer. Shut the case. Yeah, I guess I wonder if like Caldwell makes the point that maybe if the ground is not there and the person can't run the full way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, are they doing like a, a Looney Tunes run in place? It's a hallway, they say. They yeah, say the, hallway. it's a hallway. Mm-hmm. So it's a hallway, and even if it was a gulf, even if it was a gulf of thirty feet, then yeah, you can you can misty step over that. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe the punishment is like the this player, this DM, like they can never ever use misty step, one of the best spells. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's smart. Just anytime, anytime that player 
who, you know, when you're tattling on your fellow players, that's yeah. that's fucked up. Mm-mm. I don't I don't like that one bit. <laughs> let alone no, being wrong and doing it. Yeah. Table tattler? I, I have a little I have table a little problem tattler? even if you're right <laughs> doing it. Ooh, I do not like a table tattler. Yeah. Like let people no if the DM's tattler. allowing it, let the players have their yeah, fun. Exactly. Like I'm all for rules, but it's ultimately what the DM wants. Okay, mm-hmm. do we think that this other player was like kissing up to the DM. And I would love to submit to the justices that I feel like the table tattler should have a harsher punishment. Yeah, Yeah, okay, I love that. I love that. Great. Well, the table tattler is going to have more opportunities to use Misty Step because they're the player. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think this just blankets. They're not allowed to use Misty Never. Step anymore because anytime Ever. you try to use Misty Step, everyone <laughs> else in the party and whoever's DMing will say that's not how that's Misty not Step how works. <laughs> oh, I would use yes. like to use a bonus action to move thirty feet. Sorry, that's not how Misty Step that's works. Not how it works. And I think that maybe the the DM we could just sentence them to like every day for twenty twenty two. They wake up and the first thing they do is read the spell card for Misty Step <laughs> until they learn. Until they learn. I kind of want them to feel the frustration of hearing things that should work is not yeah. how they work. Like oh, they should hand uh, their yeah. credit card at the gas station and hear that's not how credit cards work. Yes. Whoa. So sorry, that's not Every how time they try to cast a spell for like right. the next however many sessions, <laughs> that's they, not how it works. sorry, that's not how that works. works. Yeah. I have an alternative punishment I'd like to pitch. Whoa, okay. I love this is it. Great. What if every time this player uses Misty Step, they have to roll and they teleport randomly to a location that they don't get to decide. Whoa. So it's like oh. they, they try to like run away and they accidentally teleport 30 feet closer to whatever it is they're fleeing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they teleport over an abyss and just fall You're in. You're suggesting a messy step spell. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. yes. Essentially the spell has a different definition every time. Or just like a misstep spell. A misstep. Better. Misty step <laughs> becomes misstep. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. Yeah, I was just going to suggest we collapse a hallway in their house, but I think that's better. Mm. <laughs> another, wow. he- here's another problem I have with this, is that why would you set up this as like an encounter with the hallway like breaking or, or like falling apart if somebody can't get away with a full dash action and a misty step yeah. that seems like the exact <laughs> cinematic thing that you'd want is yes you you could present people with things of being like cool if you want to use an action to turn around and try to grab the other person you might not make it out or something like that like that's how you want to spice it up the, right. Just the also, like, you, no matter what you do with your action economy, you're <laughs> fucked here. Go, Jake. That's your turn. You're <laughs> fucked, Jake. Go. Yeah. yeah. Don't even bother going because that's actually not how it works. Don't even bother trying. You're fucked. This should be like a proud DM moment. Yeah. Uh, I bet the I bet the DM had something like planned in like the basement of this building, and they wanted them to fall. Oh, oh. no. Oh, but it says they only took a little damage and still got away, though. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if this if this is me, if this is me. I'm cheering for the player. Yeah. They're like, because I'm like, oh, they're not gonna make it. Oh no! And then they're like, but I missed step. Exactly. And they're like, oh, yeah. Dang! That's that's. I get hyped. <laughs> Ninety feet is like the perfect distance to make something because you're basically mm. like, cool. You have to go full hog. And then on top of that, you need some kind of shenanigan to get That's the next 30 feet. That's funny that you bring that up because I, I know from my limited experience of DMing spatially, someone's like, how far away is that? And you're like, I don't know, 60 feet. I don't know, 150 <laughs> feet. Yeah. You know, you just kind of <laughs> exactly. say a number. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear a DM who actually has experience be like, oh, well, I know that there are certain numbers that are more interesting. Well, it's kind of like you do 30 feet if you want somebody to have to use their movement to go that way. Uh You use 60 feet Mm -hmm. if you want it to be like, you guys are running, like this is a dash action. Mm -hmm. And then 90 Mm -hmm. feet if you want to do that like action movie like jumping off a building as it explodes thing. Wow, Mm -hmm. Murph, that was really, that was a really nice little tidbit. Wow. Yeah. Look That's at that. a nice takeaway tidbit. A little hey. wisdom amidst the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing Gems if not Gems amidst the blood. <laughs> we can't give them any more advice. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve these gems. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So ordered. Um, and actually, I have another case about uh, how a spell works. Okay. So okay. let's keep on this theme. Troy writes to us and says, good day, noble justices and heroic bailiff. Wow. I come. Yeah, very nice. So we're nobles and you're a hero. Nobles are the bad guys, kind of. Whoa, interesting. Mm, I didn't see it like that, but I I guess I kind of hope that uh, our realm does and we overthrow this fucking kangaroo court. um, Baby court, not kangaroo court. (laughs) Please. They say. 
I come to you today with a case against my DM. Mm. I am a wizard with the spell Tiny Hut. My crew and I are currently on an island that is the base of the Goddess of Frost. The DM informed us that their magic keeps it so cold that if we take a short rest, we will only regain our con modifier. I mentioned Mm. that the temperature in the tiny hut is controlled. He then said it was more the magic of the place and less the actual temperature. I understood and we moved on. However, another party member had a ring of warmth, which gives you resistance to cold, which negated the effect of the island for them. So I ask this, if the magic of the ring worked, should the magic of the tiny hut have also worked? I leave this matter in your benevolent hands. Thank you for your time. I've looked up the language of the spell tiny hut, and it specifically says... Uh, spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or Mm. be cast through it. And the atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry, regardless of the weather outside. So you're going to wake up parched. Yeah, I think it should work. Yeah, I, I think the the most egregious thing is definitely just that they the let of- they let somebody else just have their yes. thing work, which is fucked up. Yeah, because even if you look at it, it's really funny because I feel like DMs we really like torture ourselves trying to make everything work. Rules is written, but then whenever you read a module, it's just like this thing can't be uh, dispelled. And you're like, what? Just <laughs> yeah. wizards, you're just saying that you just, you just can't fair. do anything? I think it's fair. Yeah, that's definitely that fair. But in especially, specifically in like Curse of Strahd and stuff, it's just like, there's a mist outside the city and you just can't get out. It's just like, what, do you, you, what if you cast like a, no, 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 you just can't, you can't do Too it. Too powerful. You can't get out. You have to beat Strahd. Okay. <laughs> yeah. These are ancient elder magics. You right. cannot hope to dispel them. So I don't think, so I think that, you know, when I, when this question first started, I was like, cool, the DM's trying to be like, this is a god's domain, and yeah. I'm actually trying to make it different here. So the <laughs> rules aren't the same. But then when it's just like the favorite player has a ring, it's like, <laughs> of course that works. Exactly. <laughs> I, I actually want to commend the player for accepting the DM's ruling. Yeah. Because sure, like yeah. rules is written, it shouldn't work. But if the DM wants it to, and the players are fine with it, I think that's I think that's great how they react. Yeah, I but agree. I, fully I agree. do agree with that. It's yeah. the inequality that I have an issue with. The ring shouldn't have been able to work if the hut can't work. If the hut doesn't fit, you must quit. You don't. <laughs> Cochran on the case. Not beat that one. <laughs> I'm here, Jeremy Cobcrin. Uh... <laughs> Did it say, Jake, what the ring was? Ring of warmth. So that my question is, how big? Like, can everybody fit in the tiny hut? Is that yeah, maybe the definitely. idea? So it feels like the. The DM must have just like they wanted their thing to affect somebody. Oh my god! Okay, guys, so, the ring of warmth is uncommon. That's nothing. That's. So, but I am reading the description. It does say it works in situations that huts don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, sincerely, Jeremy Crawford. So Lies. I don't know. It's, if Tiny yeah. Hut doesn't work, try this out. <laughs> try this on for size. It says try this on for size. Gang. It actually works better than the hut. Troy. It's really weird. <laughs> They usually don't say talk in this language. Yeah, if your DM's being a prick about the hut, use this. Yeah, it's so casual and angry. Uh, no, that'd be. I it's mean, written by Troy's DM. I still wouldn't agree with it. I still think it would be weird. But it'd be one thing if it was like this was a legendary item that this god specifically left behind yeah. on the material yeah. plane, and they had found it. And it's like I I imagine to defend this DM for a second. I imagine what happened is they busted out the hut like as soon as they got there and it's yeah. just like oh my god all the stakes are gone they're yeah. like that yeah. actually doesn't work and then later they're like resistance to cold damage ah it's fine that's fine yeah or um, they like took like a shit ton of damage that they were gonna go down yeah. and they were like wait my ring of warmth and the dm is like i can't i can't take <laughs> I already this said from no them once. in this moment <laughs> <laughs> yep. but I, th- I, yeah. I think we have to go with jeremy's uh ruling which was if the hut does not fit you must quit. was that it <laughs> yes if the yeah. hut doesn't fit <laughs> the, the does ring fit. is fine the ring doesn't right, matter right, if that right. fits but if the hut doesn't and fit. if the ring does fit you also must acquit <laughs> right <laughs> if the if the hut does not fit and the ring does does fit, then you must then acquit. Then you must acquit. Oh, there's yeah. a Punnett square table yeah. of like what happens if both right. fit. Because if, 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 neither if fits. both work, it's fine. Mm. If neither work, it's fine. If one works and the other one doesn't, that's not fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just hung up on the fact that it says that it's dry in the hut. Like, how dry? Are you going to wake up and like you're going to need a glass of water or is like, are your sinuses going to be parched? You need a humidifier. You do. It okay. actually yeah. does specify that. Really? It's dry like that? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not good for your throat. It says you can grow Hoyas here, but not some of the more tropical loving, you know. (laughs) Great. Of course. So I guess the punishment will be removing the DM's humidifier. There you go. (laughs) From their actual house. Yeah. The DM is no longer allowed to use humidifiers, (laughs) no matter how scratchy their throat gets. Live in a dry, dry house. And also must sleep in a hut. (laughs) And also must go camping outside in Buffalo, New York. (laughs) You have to get one of those little like teepees that toddlers have and you have to sleep in that. Yeah. Whoa, toddler teepee. <laughs> Bailiff, uh, the court requests a toddler teepee. Uh, yeah, I have several in the alley. <laughs> so, just to recap the punishment, the DM has to move to a toddler teepee in Buffalo <laughs> right, and yes. can't bring a humidifier. We are being yes. a little harsh on this DM because I do think that it is a very simple situation. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to also bring a, a ring that's too small. Yeah. But, like, oh, if they could get it on, it would warm them. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Okay. I do, I do feel a little bit of that, that wild hogliday spirit welling up inside <laughs> me once more. <laughs> also, you have to use you have to use a vacation day from work. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it on like a, a Thursday. So you still have to go to work on Friday. Right. Oh, oh my brutal. god. So you have to go to Buffalo for the night and oh, come back and to back. get to work on Friday. Oh no. <laughs> So you have to explain this to everyone in an email. Yeah. Just imagine using a vacation day this early in the year for something that you didn't even want to do. And you're so yeah. you're so sick from camping in Buffalo. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'll be back on Friday. Does anyone want my humidifier? I'm not allowed to have it. Does anyone Right. That has to be a yeah. PS in the in the work email that you send. <laughs> I'm not allowed. Yes. To- Does anyone need my humidifier for the night? <laughs> yeah. If you get sick out there, maybe it, it ends up being like a blessing in disguise where like you basically get a camping trip <laughs> and then you true. just go home for like a week or two. Oh, wow. okay. So your vacation day turns into sick days. But then again, we're, we're at the beginning of the month and you're using up precious <laughs> calendar real estate on a Janu- punishment. January 8th, just burning a vacation day <laughs> to go camping in Buffalo. It's so brutal. It's bold. <laughs> do we does this does this uh dm even live in new york state we, we don't have know no idea. i have no, no idea that's yeah. honestly a kind of a them question then that's they have a them yeah. problem they have to pay their own way there too <laughs> totally. listen we can't know yeah. everything this could easily be easy or impossible depending <laughs> yeah, um, yeah they might need to take a couple days off <laughs> although mm-hmm. even even if they happened to live in buffalo new york having to sleep in your backyard in the winter would be aw- yeah. like maybe a death sentence yeah <laughs> Especially in a very small, in a very small hut. Yeah, yeah. I think this person has still been murdered by the court. I don't know if For I sure. could fall asleep in a toddler's little hut. No, it will be twenty degrees this Thursday in Buffalo. Okay, right. that's, okay, that's, that's, that's okay. Fine. That's doable. That's endurable. Actually, yeah. If they if they layer, yeah, layer yeah. up, yeah. Yeah. We're giving them a little into the wild experience. This is fine. Yeah. You're welcome for yeah. the fucking unique vacation. <laughs> into the wild. I didn't watch the whole movie, but that turned out great, right? Yeah. Okay. He was yeah. he lived a happy long and happy life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. The court will comp you for some long underwear. I there think that's go. fair. <laughs> Justice Tanner will. <laughs> We have so thoroughly sentenced this person that most of us think probably had the right intention. Yeah, we think they just fucked up. Yeah, I think they have to bring the table tattler. Yeah, I think I think ten minutes ten minutes into the session they were like nothing works here, and then two hours into the session they're like actually it's fine. They're actually pretty nice, but now they have to. Okay, anyway, uh, they're sentenced to death in Buffalo. Chloe L, we have killed this person. Go Bills. Chloe L. writes, Honorable Justices and Equally Honorable Bailiff. Wow. Thank you. Okay. I present the case of the overpowered familiar. Mm. Uh, I am a new uh-oh. DM DMing my second campaign with slightly more people than the first, uh, with the first campaign being put on hold in favor of more PCs. Mm. In the first campaign, on the very first session, I let my bard do an animal handling check on a direwolf who was supposed to attack them. Mm. And the check landed so well that I let the direwolf become her animal companion. This threw off the balance of any combat encounters, and I still haven't been able to make a challenging enough encounter. In my newer campaign with more people, I had the players roll backstories from Xanathar's guide if they wished. One of my players got in her backstory that she has a wish granted as a child, and the player had wished for a talking dog. 
I let this happen <laughs> on the account that the dog just be for role play reasons. Uh, However, okay. we have large breaks between sessions and they are mostly newer players. So she has asked a few times if her dog can help out with combat. Keep in mind the party already has five PCs, so it's pretty large. Am I right to refuse her the added help or is my past experience with familiars clouding my judgment? I have several questions here. So a dire wolf has is challenge rating one. They get one attack. It's two d six plus three plus five to hit. That's not bad. Like yeah. if you're all like but level one or level, two, that could that's be, really that could bad. Feel. But I feel like you could just like amp everything up to accommodate that if need be. I also think you don't like. There's always a world where just because you succeed on an animal handling check doesn't mean yeah. that every animal will kill for you. Wants to, yeah, <laughs> walk around <with> you. <laughs> and also like animals have their own rich, vibrant lives and backstories that can call that can call them away from the the person's side, you know? I know what I would do. I would say let you I let them have the animal and then put the uh, put the dog in repeated peril. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just to drive up the drive up the the drama because they can't resurrect this dog. Right. It's just mm-hmm. a regular like, this dog. is just a dog friend that they yeah. have. Yeah. So if you want to put your best friend on the front lines unarmored <laughs> just a straight up dog. You could straight up be like, yeah, you can uh here's what you can do is you can use it in battle to give you a help action on an attack, but that yeah. means that the dog is pulling at the combatant's, you know, pant yeah. leg and therefore the combatant's probably going to attack them. Right. Yeah, this this is what we did with the the hex bloods with uh, Lake and Corbo, where yeah. Corbo <laughs> Corbo wanted so so badly not to not for to, uh, Lake to get involved, yeah, but she yeah. did, and thus was put in danger. But mm-hmm. th- here's another th- important thing to remember: is um, uh, this DM is traumatized by the dire wolf situation, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I I still think you could have just amped up the danger and kind of made it work but i get it they're all level you know one or two or whatever or dire wolf would be really good have the family of dire wolves come and say you and know, say shit's going really bad back home back in dire wolf we town we need you yeah. back in dire wolf town mm-hmm. yeah if you care at all about this dire wolf you let him go help his family um <laughs> he has to go take over the dire wolf family business right. but, I, but i will say that's a dire wolf and it's that's a whole it, adventure hook right it's there a, it's important to remember how absolute go. shit regular ass animals are in D and D, so a mastiff, which is like a big ass fucking hound, they're like good for hunting. Yeah, could kill me. Is a challenge rating one uh, one eighth. Uh, they have five hit points. Um, so you Ooh. could make this dog even worse. And if they're hit for if this if a mastiff is hit for ten damage, it dies forever. One hit gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could just give it this stats or make it even worse. And then yeah, I would follow Jeremy's advice and be like, yeah, you can. You can send your dog after um, a goblin with a knife if you want, but it might get stabbed. And like you had a wish, you had a wish spell in your backstory. It's not coming in your future, right? Yeah. Mm. And the fact that this was in your backstory means that this dog is significant to you. And also, there's one other thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is that the dog can talk. So the dog can yes. voice its yeah. displeasure with all of the things that are happening to it. <laughs> if you're if you're voicing the dog, you can just be oh, I don't want to do this. Wait, yeah. okay, I just realized something. This person is playing a bard, right? So they'll get magical secrets. They could just learn find familiar. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So yeah. You should yeah. just say to this person, okay, here's the deal. You can't use it yet, but down the line, if you're lore, I think you get it earlier. If you're a regular bard, you get it at 10th level. Down the line, you can learn the spell and it will make this talking dog also immortal. Yeah, mm. the dog you <laughs> can re- cool. essentially resurrect the dog. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think for now yeah. I'd follow Jeremy's advice and be like, you'll put it in danger right now, but I would let you flavor find familiar to essentially be like, I'm gonna create a link between me and this dog. If the dog dies, it comes back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love Emily's idea too, though. Yeah. The, uh, I think you could work the idea, like saying it helps, but it doesn't attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because you can get creative with that. I don't know what kind of dog this is, but like, I'm envisioning it runs up, just starts, like, it's a little chihuahua that's like yapping at people. Yeah. Or it's like, it's so cute yeah. that like he just walks up and they're like, oh. He's also a talking dog, so he could just be like that talking dog that's really rude. Yeah. Maybe it helps with skill checks. Yeah. yeah. Like, what if it's just a skill check dog? Like, it helps you investigate stuff. Oh, that's it's a little fun. Beagle. Yeah. 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 I feel like Emily is addressing the note behind the note which is like this player is like i wished for a talking dog and it feels like it's not doing anything yeah and i want to like i want to have it be more involved 
So like having it help more with skill checks or like recon missions or something and then get more incorporated down the line with yeah. your druid spells, that seems perfect. I would yeah. say maybe ask yeah. your dog what they want to do. I mean, like you're really not considering their feelings and opinions and all of yeah. this. Yeah. Well, as the DM, you could just make the dog a coward. <laughs> mm, yeah, Scooby-Doo oh. is a coward. And he's super interesting to watch. I was yeah. very yeah. He's super interesting. I was yeah. obsessed with Scooby-Doo as a kid. You could actually give it a Scrappy-Doo voice and make, oh, they just make the, the player hate the dog fucker. so much that it runs away. That would be devastating because you'd be like, hey, do you want to eat a giant sandwich with me? And the dog would be like, no, thanks. I want to solve mysteries. And it's just oh like, oh, God. get the fuck out of here. I want to eat giant sandwiches with you. I just realized we're giving constructive feedback rather than sentencing someone. So right. we, yeah. need, to, we, we need to shift away from this. Oh, I thought, I thought. I think we're for the player, though. Honestly, we're saying like we're we're giving the DM advice mm. on how, how to, to handle accommodate yeah. Yeah. what the player yeah. is asking for. But so. we're saying that the player is maybe not being totally unreasonable, and there is a way that you could incorporate it, and then even like let the player know that like the more you use it, the more it might die. But you, someday, if you le reach level ten, you can get a spell to resurrect it and have it be your familiar. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I think the the DM is right in being worried <laughs> that, that they could be giving away too many things. But I think like with proper stuff, with like what e Emily and Jeremy are saying, like warning that the animal will be in danger being like hey you don't have the find familiar spell you won't get that until later then it'll it'll be better then you can use that but that being said i think we are saying that the player can keep the dog and have the dog do stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and the dm must be punished yeah we must punish the we DM. must punish the dm sadly we are reluctant game. to punish dms in this court mm -hmm. How about we, all right, maybe this could be a punishment or a blessing depending on the DM's attitude, but we give the DM a scrappy-do. We, ooh, that's. It's exactly what, you read my oh, mind. Jesus. Justice Tanner, you read yes, my mind. Justice Cobb. Mine was really different. I was going to say every morning when they wake up for 20 minutes, their voice sounds like scrappy-do. Scrappy <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. I would say. Okay. Maybe we, we combine it and have their dog for 20 minutes every day. <laughs> incessantly talk like scrap. Oh, you don't right. know what 20 minutes is going to be. <laughs> oh my God. It's like four in the morning <laughs> yeah. knocking on your door. Would you rather have Scooby-Doo or Scrappy-Doo have to live at your house or yeah, for 20 minutes every day and you don't know what 20 minutes is going to be. You talk like Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> oh, wow. You could be in a job interview and you're just like, da 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 puppy power. I yeah. would prefer Scrappy-Doo showing up because like I would rather hate someone else than myself. Wow. That's really beautiful beautiful <laughs> thank you it's the new year and i'm feeling so hopeful <laughs> maybe you're lucky and you're out of the house when scrappy Doo. yeah, yeah no but scrappy scrappy Doo now lives with you scrappy Doo becomes your dog <laughs> and it's actual scrappy Doo. it's actual scrappy Doo lives at your house and he is your pet dog yeah. He's brave. Or he's, he's brave. He's also um he's also immortal. I think <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. He, his background involves the day a you wish die. spell. <laughs> he dies the day you die. <laughs> it's been a long, fun road, partner. Guys, I just looked up a picture of Scrappy Doo. He's really cute. I would have Scrappy Doo in my I house. think here's the thing about Scrappy no Doo way. is he's a puppy. I feel like you could teach him. You could teach him to be better. No, Scrappy Doo sucks mm. ass. And I would rather speak like him than be around him. I'd rather other people have to deal with me than me have to deal with Scrappy Doo. Because also 20, so here's oh, no, what we're Now you see how my punishment will get lined up. Is oh, that my so husband would become Scrappy Now you live with oh, Scrappy Doo. Wow. Oh, oh, that's the monkey claw right but there. But it's only 20 minutes. So actually. For 20 so, minutes a day, I'm married to Scrappy Doo. So here's here's the thing is that if it's truly <laughs> random, if it's truly random, then uh, you wouldn't have to worry about the Scrappy Doo thing that much. But if there's like a. That's like true, because you might be Scrappy Doo God in your dream. Pointing at you and making you Scrappy Doo at bad moments <laughs> that would be worse i think than having yeah. scrappy Doo. Yeah. but if it's truly right. random i'd rather turn into scrappy Doo for 20 minutes every day wild thank you 20 minutes right. is a long time <laughs> hey there nadpoles this episode is brought to you by factor warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals you can check out their menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto friendly folks 
Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart your new routine What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from, every week you'll always have new flavors to explore. So make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy and nutritious options and also keep that kitchen time to a minimum. Factors meals are ready in just two minutes so that's no shopping, no prepping, no cooking or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Head on over to factormeals.com slash pawpaw50 and use the code pawpaw50 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PAWPAW50 at factormeals.com slash PAWPAW50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Thank you, everybody. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content all in one place and all on your terms, folks. They've got beautiful beautiful templates and easy drag and drop tools. You can make a portfolio, you can make a blog, you can make a web series over there. You can do anything you want and you can do it all on Squarespace. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash pawpaw to save 10% on your first order of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash pawpaw to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash Pawpaw. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Did we settle on a sentence? Or <laughs> I think we settled on a would you rather. <laughs> well, yeah. you, this DM, this DM, since we're kind of on their side, they could decide to turn into Scrappy Doo for 20 minutes every day or have Scrappy Doo be their dog. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That's oh, great. that's good. That's, that is a way to like, because we do like that. We do like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I actually love that. Uh, so ordered. Tyler D writes. May it please the illustrious judges and their stalwart bailiff. Wow. I come to you as a humble DM who gave their PCs too many toys to play with. Oh, no. I run a high-level campaign. I love campaign. these stories. They make me so happy. I love hearing <laughs> yeah. what people get into. I, I stand yeah. in solidarity. I accidentally made my players happy. I run a high-level campaign. <laughs> in which the party had recently received a large payout for their endeavors. One of my players decided that instead of spending all of his hard-earned loot on weapons, armor, or magic items, he wanted to buy two things. One, a bag of holding, and two, as many firebombs as he could possibly fit into the bag. He spent Good about 100,000 gold on bombs, <laughs> an obscene <laughs> amount of money he has been saving up for dozens of sessions. I, this person has a fucking 10-year plan, and I love this for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> For a while, there was a bomb or four, and things were fine. Then in one particularly dire encounter, the PC with a bag full of bombs flew above the big bad cleric and proceeded to turn his bag of holding inside out. When the bombs hit, the cumulative blast damage was over 3,400. I made the whole party make saves to try to shield themselves from the explosion, and several got seriously injured by the blast, even though they were far away. The local environment and all of the other remaining enemies were decimated. I am now concerned that this is going to be something the party wants to use again. I set up the (laughs) rules of this world and told them they could have bombs, but 3,000 damage is ridiculous. The problem, though, is that my players love it. They love to blow (laughs) shit up, and I don't want to take it away from them. This leaves me questioning what to do. Should I nerf the bombs? Should I just plan for this nonsense and make encounters too spread out for a single nuke attack or have a second wave of baddies? Or was I wrong to let them do this in the first place? And now my players have toys that simply cannot be put back in the box okay so i'm gonna say one thing already which is i'm looking at bomb and it says as an action a character can light this bomb and throw it so it there's nothing in it that says if it falls on something it doesn't it doesn't say an object interaction will trigger it it says as an action whereas Mm. like we did a thing with dynamite one time Mm -hmm. and it's because in the dynamite description it says a character can bind sticks of dynamite together so they explode at the same time And there's a max damage yeah. and there's a max damage yeah. threshold but they don't have that for yeah, I was the looking, bomb the I, bomb just says it's an action yeah i was looking up fire 
bomb because that's what they said. But all I see is bomb and grenades and stuff. There's nothing that does a, a bomb is only a DC 12 dexterity saving throw. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess the thing is, is like, yeah, if you have. But it is fire damage. Are these like normal D&D bombs or is this a homebrew? Thing? It could be a homebrew thing for sure. But I mean, if they if they bought all of these bombs, the bag of holding can hold 500 pounds. They could have bought 500 of these bombs. They do three D6 mm-hmm. each. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I'm seeing 1500 D6. Yeah. Oh. But it's still, like I said, it does say as an action, each, a character yeah. can light a bomb. Each so bomb, essentially these bombs wouldn't have been lit. Yeah, each bomb costs 150 gold, which is pretty pricey for 3D6. Yeah, and this guy had 100,000 gold. That's you a know, lot of gold. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's he was rich. He was loaded. He spent all of his money. Oh, on but that's it. maybe that's a, the solution for the DM. Stop giving him so much money if you yeah, know it's going to exactly. bombs. Right? You can give him bombs. You just can't bombs, give him the cash. Bombs cost one hundred and fifty gold. Yeah, they've used so many bombs. They've used so much money. Like, yeah, just scale back the amount of money you're giving them. Uh, they've probably used all bombs in the world. Like, this is a finite resource. Oh, I would imagine. Oh, that's true too. <laughs> they have to create a bomb factory. Yeah. that's their next project. <laughs> Which yeah. I guess they did clear out a lot of forests. Maybe they can put one there. Yeah, just build it in the wreckage. That is that is another thing I wanted to bring up. Is that like they cleared out a whole forest? There's definitely going to be people mad about that. Yeah, so I think that like yeah. repercussions yeah. exist. Yeah, I was going to say, this mm. could also, uh, you could absolutely murder some of your players with this, which is what I would suggest that you do. Because mm. at, at this point, the fucking cat is out of the bag. Like, the, you've opened Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They love this. Um, <laughs> you're in You're in it. They have a bag full of bombs. You can't take it away from but them. But now they don't anymore. They don't. <laughs> it's a bomb campaign. No, no, no. no. They, have a bag of they bombs used They used all of it. the 100,000 gold worth of bombs? Yeah, he said he dumped the entire. Yeah. Oh, the entire thing? Yeah. Well, then problem mm-hmm. solved. Just don't give them 100,000 gold ever again. That, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But, but if they do, somebody would have heard of these exploits, certainly, if they blew up an entire forest. You have a bad guy mage mm-hmm. prepared with telekinesis. Literally kill half the party next time they do it. Literally, whoa! As they throw oh the bombs, God, literally first. toss it. And if they're gonna, if they're gonna nuke, yeah. When you you, you fight mime, fire with fire, you yeah. mimes what looks like throwing a football, and now I could just see a telekinetic hand <laughs> yeah. throwing a football. <laughs> Get a nice spiral yeah. on that yeah. fire bomb. I, I would, it if anything, true, I would set this right. up. This is a great hook for a new BBEG or or like a lieutenant or something of I mean, being it like. Sounds like they're a kind mage, of BBEGs. <laughs> a mage is like scrying on them, sees the type of shenanigans they've been doing. Uh, if somebody's gonna drop fucking a thousand bombs on them, they go cool. Uh, gonna telekinesis that bag over there towards Bev and Hard One, and they're what? dead forever. <laughs> Bev didn't do anything. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> it was the little laugh he after. Went it's like, there. The Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Satan's crappy news voice. I think in general, one thing that's always interesting to me is like moments like that, like what you just described, is so awesome. Yeah. But there's no part of me as a player that's like, let's recreate it. I'm like, yeah. if you recreate it, it's not special anymore. It's more like, oh, mm-hmm. remember when we did that one crazy thing? Yeah. What's our next crazy thing gonna be? Yeah, I can't imagine this player is just gonna start saving their money for another year of campaign they will <laughs> I mean, they if, will. if they're really into it yeah, yeah it sounds like maybe, maybe you're right but it, i mean if they save their money for a year then i feel like that's like a fire an annual fireworks show basically mm-hmm. that seems there you go. yeah kind of fair yeah. too as long you get as one per year yeah, yeah. that's true <laughs> bad guy just gone my pitch though is to make this a bomb campaign <laughs> like oh. if we look at he mm. the, the the dm used the word nuke and when nukes were used in real life, it changed the face of warfare. Yeah. So I feel like once you've uncovered this strategy, just like Murph said, people are going to take notice. Yeah. yeah. And there are there. First of all, there's going to be people who might have lost property or lost loved ones in that blast mm-hmm. who might come back looking for revenge. But there's also going to be people who are like, oh, that's a strategy. We can do that. That's what I was going to say. There's going to be an arms race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's gonna be bombs all over the place. You could start like uh, horse bombing the characters. Oh my! Like they're attaching bombs to their horses and they start to try and ride them, and the, the horse just explodes. Oh my god! I I can combine me and Jeremy's oh plan god. into something that's so bad for the players. So oh now, no. whenever the players go to buy bombs, they're like, "This is crazy! Somebody just came through and bought out our whole thing." Oh, <laughs> oh my and 
the bad guys are just building a cachet. A fucking arsenal, yes. You turn the bad guys into the bag guys. Yeah. So, uh, yes. so the bad guys have heard about this and they're like, yes, of duh. Why don't we just buy up all the bombs and it becomes an arms race that the players can't win. Uh, yeah. I think that, I think that, we although we are saying like you can't really do anything, so I guess technically we're siding against the DM. Yeah. Our punishment is more like okay, you now have you to have make to run this now game. you have to run this like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's just so stupid and fun to picture an alternate reality where instead of nuclear bombs, we just came up with putting a bunch of bombs in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Cold War D and D campaign is being hashed, becomes all about espionage, stockpiling huge like reserves that will destroy the the prime material plane. Yeah, wow. ever used. That's that. a sick campaign. Yeah. I would fucking sit down at this table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just airships with trash bags full of bombs ready to drop. Yes. It also is like, if you look at it, it's just a DC 12 dexterity saving throw or take 3D6 fire damage, right? You can be hiding bombs everywhere. Right. <laughs> That's, those are kind of low stakes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also so instinctually scary. Right. Yeah, it's so scary for the players to go to town and be like, I'd like to buy 10 bombs. They're like, sorry, we're making them for the government now. <laughs> sorry, the king got an idea. Sorry, from as it somebody turns out, he saw out in the yeah out as in his, it turns in out, his your hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand gold is nothing compared to the royal treasury <laughs> oh god there's so many fun ways that you can like yeah. play this too like they could get recruited by the royal treasury to advise on the bombs yeah, yeah. and then they have to get into That's bomb amazing. detonation i mean bomb what do you call it when you make it not go off oh, oh. Oh, defusing. Yeah. yeah def- you, then yeah. they're going to suddenly see the error of their ways and then get into defusing problems. It's a Hurt Locker <laughs> exactly. campaign. Yeah. yeah. The game turns into the Hurt Locker. <laughs> uh, sweet. Why don't we go ahead and do one more, Bailiff Jake? Okay. That was great. Gladly. <laughs> yeah. Do we guys want to do a confession? Ooh, a Dice Christ confession? Mm. We do have the Beginner's Bible. <laughs> we do oh have the gosh. Beginner's Bible. That's yeah. handy. Ready to go. Okay. Yeah, let's do a Dice yeah, Christ confession. Okay. Uh, Matt K <laughs> writes to uh, uh, Jeremy. We're we're moving from court to uh, church now. Yeah, so. they're they're deeply yeah. intertwined. We don't. In this world. Yeah, we don't separate church and state. They are the we same. We don't separate church hands and state in each at other's all. pockets. What we do? Totally. You see that giant uh, curtain behind us? We're going to open that and reveal the uh, huge stained glass window and let the light of justice <laughs> shine down. <laughs> Yeah, the justices take off the robes and put on pope hats. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the same. There's a campaign where we're the bad guys for sure. Dice Christ is carrying a scale with two uh, with two d20s on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Riley W writes with a confession. They say, I don't have a case, but I do have a confession that has been eating at my soul. Oh, my goodness. goodness. You've come to the right place. Racked with guilt. (laughs) Court, church. Speak, my son. (laughs) (laughs) I was playing in a campaign that my friend was DMing for the very first time recently, and I'd stowed away on the bowels of a ship and cast invisibility on myself, saying I'd like to look around. My friend said that I basically have advantage on anything since I'm invisible, which I kept in mind going forward. Later, I said I wanted to search the sleeping quarters of the ship, rolling an investigation check. It wasn't explicitly said, but due to my DM's previous words, I rolled with advantage, rolling a natural one and a natural 20. In a moment of uncertainty and a possible sin, I told her I'd rolled a nat 20, catching her off guard as she certainly hadn't expected me to find anything of value. As a result, I found a chest filled with vials that I snuck off the ship through a variety of checks and turned out to be 40 air elementals kept in individual vials. That's rad. That's really fun. It was too good to fess up and turn back, so I sat on my natural 20 that I rolled with potentially uncalled for advantage. Am I in the wrong? Have I eternally damned myself to rolls with disadvantage? Can the light of dice Christ ever properly shine on me again? Please (laughs) cleanse me of my sins so I can once again roll with a clean conscience. We've said this before. Dice Christ gave you those rolls. Yeah. Those are some spicy Mm. rolls. Yeah. That were that were brought from the 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 spicy stew of Dice Christ himself. This this uh, I, f- I feel like this guilt is unfounded, right? Yeah, I think so too. They said with uh, roll with it, you have advantage on everything. The DM said basically, you basically have but, have okay, but on I can foresee how in a situation where you're invisible, you roll with advantage for investigation because totally. you're not being you have time. You know, mm-hmm. like you can really take your time and investigate because you aren't worried about getting caught. Uh, the way I see this, there was like a, a pair of paths mm. forking out. Yes. You could have, you yes. chose, you have the nat one path. 
and then you have the nat 20 path. This person chose the nat 20 path, but both paths were presented. Now, I'm not sure if this is like one of those Christianity narrow is the way and wide is the way deals where it's like you have to pick the narrow path or the broad path. But they chose a path and it appears that they were blessed for it, at least in the short term. Mm. Uh, I have to side with Justice, or I guess parishioner actor (laughs) on this one, that you were blessed. Yes, thank you. Actually, I'm a nun, I think. Mm. (laughs) For sure. Sister Axford. Father Cobb brings up a very good point, which is that if they had gone down the path of the Nat 1, it might have been painful in the moment. But something super fun would have resulted either way. Like maybe they would have been discovered and they would have had to like stage a last minute escape out of the hatch of the airship or something like that. You would have gotten a great story out of it either way. Mm -hmm. The the Mm. outcome would have been different. But you know what? Dice Christ is always taking care of you, regardless of the 20 or the one. I also feel like what the DM came up with is really fun and like ignites my imagination. So I also feel like your choice, so you felt it was selfish, it was also elevating someone yeah, else this to DM, come up with something fun. This that's DM like seemed a prepped crazy for it, or at least at least at least rolled with it. So th- this DM is a true child of of Dice Christ. Um, what if they weren't prepped for it though? How sick they would that have been? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it was really. Then this cool. DM is fucking Dice Christ himself. Do you think that the air elementals are like what's What's like powering the airship? Is that why those air missiles were there? Yeah, oh. it could be. I don't know. Was it an airship? It seems like a weapon. Like you pop could the be vial and an air, air elemental comes out pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, what I will say mm-hmm. is that I do think you owe us a tithe. Uh, if you could just give each of us one of your vials of air elementals. Mm. Uh, we'll I will take an air elemental. <laughs> yeah. Dice Christ will, will take too. an air elemental. Right. Oh. Yeah, donation. We're going to pass around the donation basket and you could just place an air <laughs> elemental in there for each of us. How nice would it be to have a little air elemental just playing around in your hair? Whoa, just like a nice little tussle. Yes, yeah. you would always look like you were in a, a model in a photo shoot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they can get rid of your farts. <laughs> if you're like in a, just, oh, wow. Or, just or, or blow them to your friends who would yeah. want to smell them. <laughs> I will say... They could store up all of your farts and save them to like use against your enemies. Yeah. As, as an elemental in its own. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would vote to... Uh, this, of course, uh, 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 church and court. I, I yeah. would vote to absolve this person of their sins because I agree. Dice Christ... Yeah offers us uh, these different paths based on the roles. But Dice Christ, uh, since it is D&D, we revel in the technicalities. And technically, mm-hmm. your DM said that you can roll with advantage on basically yes. anything. Uh-huh. And thus, you did that. <laughs> yeah, the verbiage alone. Basically everything. I can wrap my imagination around the fact that being invisible would give you advantage on an investigation check just because it buys you time. The you DM be said thorough. it. Technically, you're right, and that's the mm. most important, and that's the best way to be right, <laughs> <Yeah>. technically. <laughs> Such a legalistic trick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. Which makes sense. Exactly. Drop that weight. Be lifted by your air elementals. Yeah, for just coming to the court, you do have to bring us some air elementals yeah, as please, a donation. Leave, leave but some other, yeah, air yeah. elementals in the um. Other than that, you're in fine. The donation Scoot aside gray. those quarters in the basket and just plop some of those vials in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if anyone here, if I'm like... If I'm like, hey, you guys are, uh, you got passed without trace. Uh, as you guys are sneaking around here, you guys kind of just pretty much have advantage on on everything. Uh, if you go into like a room, are you sitting there being like, advantage on this? Advantage on this? No, you're probably listening. Sometimes. To- that Sometimes. would actually be annoying on the DM. Though. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's like, I said basically everything. Okay. <laughs> just freaking roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> You've really interrupted the flow. Yeah, <laughs> even more so than I'm doing it's now. Really intense eye contact. <laughs> we were getting somewhere good, and then you had to fucking talk about rules. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's an advantage. It was basically basically meant everything except investigation. Right. <laughs> Literally everything else, All, including acrobatics and athletics. This is my favorite style of plays, where I just ask Murph every time about everything. Uh, plus that five is, on this. I do feel like that is how we play. It just yeah. gets edited yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine did ask, literally used to ask for advantage on every single Yeah, time. that's tough. That's oh, tough. Oh, I was talking about, I feel like we clarify with Murph what we're allowed to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we timidly like, ask. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my friend would just look advantage, advantage? before Why? she would roll an attack every single time. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she didn't understand how advantage right. was. Yeah. 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 I feel like we do that a lot too because it's, cause you get, it I feel joke. like you get advantage on persuasion checks and stuff. Like when it's like a great role play moment, so it's very funny when somebody will be like, "I give this speech, 
Can I have advantage? Yeah, I have people do that, and it's I kind of like, love what I know. It's like, like doing stand up, and at the end of your set, being like, "Did I do a good job?" I like yeah. saying it. I like Please saying clap. it as a bit when I when things are really dire, just to break the tension right, a little yeah, bit. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> With uh, advantage. Yeah. I, I feel like this this person did essentially what the um, uh, players with the bombs did, which just get away with uh, just use your DM's words against them. Uh, this is <laughs> this is the dice Christ way. Um, <laughs> words are power. Yeah, uh, sweet. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. We will have bonus cases over on our Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com slash nadpod. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't sing. Oh. Uh, so sorry. Where we will be joined uh, by Jeremy uh, uh, for some bonus cases. Jeremy, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, please go check out uh, Three Black Halflings. Uh, we're a D&D kind of variety show podcast at this point, but we do have, like talk shows. Uh, we do interviews. We've done interviews with everyone except for Emily yeah. I just realized oh. except for Emily you on like Mad me Pod. in character but not as a person yeah. <laughs> oh no this must be rectified uh, we will at some point in the future have done an interview with Emily as well Emily's also played with you guys more than probably anyone though uh, Emily's essentially an honorary halfling at this point wow but you've never had a frank conversation with her <laughs> go, in fact go check out uh, the, the show that Emily was on yeah. uh, Outlaws and Obelisks yeah. that just uh, finished airing uh, probably a few weeks ago at the time so this was fun. released. And I don't know when this is coming out, but the plan is in January, in just like a week or so, we're going to be releasing a little one shot with everybody. Yeah. Oh, oh big awesome. crossover event. Really, God, really funny. God, that episode is fucking insane. <laughs> if, you, if you thought we've been off the rails before, go <laughs> listen to it this. It heavily involves now. Kevin Costner, right? Sure does. It's yes. Costner esque. Yeah, it's Costner esque. That's, Kevin that's Costner. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was Costner. Uh, J- Absolutely. Costner. You get to hear us, for us play a new system, which I put it in quotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was completely off the rails. It's nuts. Uh, check that out uh, on Three Black Halflings. Uh, that'll be coming out. So th- this is coming out beginning of January. We will plug it next week as well. Um, but I, I believe it, it'll be coming out uh, uh, in about a week. So yeah, be yeah. The plan the is for the thirteenth. All right. Ooh, yeah. I'll give twice plug power yeah. to that plug. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm oh, going to plug into it also. We're overloading the circuit board. <laughs> yes! Oh no, we're going to blow a fuse. I'll pile one more plug on that pile. Let's go. And if you want to follow me, I now use social media for public purposes. Ooh, wow. So if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Jeremy Cobb one and that's Cobb with two Bs. I'll stick a fork right into that plug. Go follow it. <laughs> go follow it. Uh, Jake, you have anything you want to plug? Just uh, Jeremy and his uh, new Twitter. Sweet. <laughs> Just Jeremy. Yes. Uh, sweet. You can follow all of us on social media that we may or may not use. At CH Murph is me. At Caldis Caldwell. At Jake Irwitz is Jake. At Eaxford is Emily. And at Jeremy Cobb one is Jeremy Cobb. Yes. That's two right. With two Bs. With two Bs. Yep. Uh, and you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N-E-D-D-P-O-D. We, we are. We are. The youth of the nation, we are, we are, the youth of the nation. Dungeon, 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is time to thank our benevolent Council of Elders, starting with Brad D., Jeffrey S., Haldor Frostback, Steelbreaker, Matt M., and Darby M., DMs who thought they knew how Misty Step worked, but were actually thinking of a spell from 4th edition called Musty Step, which teleports you 10 feet and leaves behind a big cloud of mildew. Jordan DJ, Cutter W, Jive G, Dylan B, Dungeon Mama, tight-lipped D&D players who have never once tattled on their table, which is really impressive because a lot of their friends clearly haven't read the player's handbook and routinely roll the wrong dice. Your honor knows no bounds. Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Andrew M, Beard Man Dan, Scott D, and Danny P. People playing in a Scooby-Doo 5e campaign that's actually just a reskinned boss baby campaign with Scrappy-Doo as the big bad. It sounds miserable, and that's because it is. I don't know, man. I think I'd love to join that one. Mixologist, Michael McD, Vincent W, 
Nicole T, Victor T, Balnor's boy, and Justin I. Park rangers that adopt familiars rejected by DMs for being too powerful. Their motto is, you can never have too many direwolves. But the number of maulings in the park suggests otherwise. Ragnar Ferdwin, TJM, the Gnome Barbarian, Kaylee E, Elena M, Trele, the Cray Fay, and Jared E. Players in an all Scooby-Doo campaign. Nicholas is Scooby, TJ is Scrappy, Kayla is Scooby Dumb, Elena is Scooby D, Trele is Ruby Roo, and Jared is Yabadoo. Fun fact, these are all real Scooby-Doo characters. My God, I'm so sorry you had to find out this way. Justin MR, Damiel R, D- Cyborg version of Josh the Cobalt, Danny C, Filbert the Fabulous, and Richard X Machina. Shopkeepers who hide their bombs every time Tyler D's players come into town. They all work at 7-Eleven, so it's weird that they have bombs to begin with, but still, you made the right call. Michael L, Trask the Traveler, Sir Carl, Jory S, Callum L, players who filled their bags of holding with hot water and made wearable hot tubs instead of bomb-filled death sacks. These are the first tabletop players to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, and it's well-deserved. Jack L, Sam L, Nicholas C, Sam B, and Mike H, acolytes in the Church of Dice Christ. They handle collecting the offerings, which is way harder than it sounds because very few banks will accept vials of elementals as currency. That's... I don't know. They got to change that, honestly. Uchmulik, the baby bronze dragon. Matthew E., Colton B., Adam G., Megan S., and Nee Badger. Janitors responsible for cleaning the Supreme Crit's high chairs. One time, Adam G. found an entire meatball parm wedged under Justice Tanner's seat. Wisely, they decided not to remove it. Yeah, he's going to finish that. Panama James, Cummins the Bard, Captain Sigil, Nathan C., and Diana. A group of overpowered familiars who are thinking they might ditch their weak PCs and make it on their own. Good luck, kids. CC Lulu, Barnes and Nader, Michelle O, Alex W, and Timmy R. Tiny Hut Renovators, uh, who turn your tiny hut into the tiny hut of your dreams. Mid-century, open concept, maximalist. These folks can do it all. Jonathan W, the crock-wearing warrior. Lucas B, Aaron S, it's Kevin, and Bionic Pookie. Pookie, not Pukey. Come on. Talking dogs that sound like Scrappy-Doo, but actually give really good advice. It's confusing being told to follow your heart in such an annoying voice, but... You gotta listen. New York, Cass, Stephen C, Michael M, Mike K, and Lady Taco. The Misty Stepping Paladins. Sounds ferocious, but actually they're a delightful Irish step dancing crew. Joy T, Nara, Jack L, Nick W, Brave the Badger, and Esme M. Military officials who realize they have been wasting their technology on bombs and weapons all along and have diverted all R&D funds into creating a bag of holding. Whoa. Look out, folks. Nathan, Casimir the All-Knowing, Big Bad Beardo the Mad, Giant Monsters on the Horizon, and Gulia Julia. Jewelers who just upped the price on their signature ring of warming after finding out they evade all magical effects by even the most powerful spellcasters. Good on ya. Thrath, Birdly T, Percival Fred- Fredrickson, Von Muscle, Klawowski, DiRolo Third. Thank you for that one. Christian A, J Dragonborn, and Joe Rowe the Inapropo. A, kind, a kindly group of tailgating Buffalo Bills fans who are known to take pity on anyone camping out in a toddler tent so long as they acknowledge the skill and supremacy of Josh Allen. Go Bills. Cody B, Liam D, the Sandrean, Ben A, Feldanis, and Dave H. Six of the 40 air elementals in vials that are, that Riley W retrieved. Cody D is a winter's gust. Dave H is a summer's gale. And Feldanis is unfortunately one of Jeremy's farts. Sorry to hear it. Vivian, Koala Bear, Catherine S, David K, Christian S, and Dustin S. A lot of S's. Table Tattlers, who are actually undercover spies for their DM. It's a tough role to play, but someone's got to do it. Connor F., Hawkeye Pierce, Isabel F., The Time Walker, Two Left Eyes, and DPC is awesome. Shout out to the Scooby-Doo crew. This puppy party is essentially the most hated adventuring group in all of Bohemia. I'd hang out with you, though. Uh, Blair the Bug Blair, Barblarian, Cat C., Porkchop, Chenille M., The Lacey Raptor, and Minette F., the owners of a tiny hut that can protect from any temperature thanks to its sick, sick insulation. Damn, those walls are padded. Bonky Fiasco, Pat L, Achutha A, Lauren H, 
Amber W, aka Hazelbat Latte, and Elias Hawthorne. The telekinetic bomb squad, send those mages in when your players are throwing too many bombs and they will just huck them right back. Way to go. Ryan S, The Bone Duster, Robert Crisp, Brentley C, Micah B, Patrick H. Unlike the party with the bomb bag, this party is the bomb bag, which uh, has no explosive, but it's uh, just a really cool bag. Ploops, Carly Ann, Addy, Birdie, Birdie Save, K, Lori P, Seth AJ, Spam Gaming, the Not So Skilled Gamer, and Connor Savage. Adventurers curse to speak like Scrappy Doo. Don't feel too bad, though, they are bursting with puppy power. Christopher J. Pebblepot, Logan S., Leviathan, Biocourt 7, Remington, CD, and Amber Dextrous. The Misty Stepper Dance Troop. Crowds heckle them by exclaiming, that's not how Misty Step works, I'll show, but they're wrong. Oh, they're wrong, because that is exactly how it works. Thrill of the Fright. Sullivan H, Trub Hop Dropper, Sydney T, Matt Y, and Alex C. Notorious table tattlers. Don't try casting two spells in one turn around these dweebs. They will freaking rat you out. Lindsay W, Juicy Kiwi, Champ Wild, Valen, Sprite Pepsi, and Carlin C. The keepers of a super scary misty cave. Uh, but notes to everyone else, it's just their humidifier gone haywire. Sid B, Jake CCA, Matthew J, TRAP, and Noah. Buffalo Campers. These folks have no fear with taking personal days to sleep in sub-zero temperatures. Go Bills. This is this is your year. Estelle, Baron S, Sebastian Romance, Sebastian's Romance Partner from the Baronies. Conflicted DM, Justin LB, Dandy, and Richard G. The only people in the world who actually know how Misty Step works, but don't try asking them because they will never tell you. M. Barber, Marcos P, Pup Kalish, Gabrielle M. Learns the Balance Druid and Dakota J. He, thugs for hire if you need anyone to sock your local table tattler in the stomach. Don't worry, they, they purposely don't punch too hard and they will always take the tattler out for ice cream after. Pagos, the self-proclaimed Faye Prince, Katrin, Tracy P, the Crick Elf Librarian, Andy E, Lisa M, and Holly Hyena. Powerful direwolf familiars who got so strong that their owners actually became their familiars. So these direwolves... Uh, have pretty underwhelming familiars, to be honest. Anthony A, Leah, Leah C, Abigail, May B, Egg Infinitum, Sloth King, 777. All opt to speak in Scrappy Doo's voice for a very particular 20 minutes each day. They didn't have to make any devil's bargain either. They just decided to go for it. Cal, just Cal, Commodore Galaxy, Edison N, Russell H, a monk named Dilgo, Neos the novice monster hunter. Run and they run an oh my god. They run an REI in Buffalo. Run an REI. That's hard to say, if you can imagine. Uh, in Buffalo, and we're very confused about the person who just stepped in and asked for their flimsiest tent and also left a humidifier in the parking lot for some reason. Lorelai and Kira Frost, Morgan M, Sticker, Zachary A, Stephen E, Mr. Adams, humidifier repair people who grabbed Troy's DM's humidifier and brought it to their shop to fix it only to discover it was in perfect working order. I mean, who throws away a humidifier? Megan F, James F, Jimmy A, Captain Cappy, M4L, and the Dragon Ambassador. Bomb diffusers who live in Tyler D's world and have never taken a vacation day and absolutely never, ever can. Sorry, we need you. Wayfarer, Andrew B, Dalton B, Cope Fresh, Best DM James, and Lauren H. Air elementals that Riley freed from their vials. They don't think you sinned at all, Riley. They love you. And I do too. Thank you, folks. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>